Welcome to the Bird's Eye View Podcast. I'm Jeff McLean, joined with the great Les Bowen and the even greater EJ Smith. I go along with that. I don't know about that one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Hey, guys. Hey, how's it going? Uh, Damo, Damo's sitting this one out. Uh, he's probably digging deep into uh, 12 personnel <laughs> yes. film as we speak. And speaking of 12 personnel, the Eagles are probably not going to be using as much as they have in the past, and as we saw uh, prior to Dallas Goddard's injury on Sunday, Dallas has a fracture in his ankle. He has been placed on IR, and he will be out for at least three games, uh, which certainly is not good for the team and, and takes away from uh, that, that package that they use a lot of, maybe too much to some people's tastes. But he isn't the only injury, unless you were at practice on Wednesday – and there were a lot of guys out. Can you kind of give us a little bit of a rundown? I know it may take yeah. a little while here, but uh, uh, who's, who's missing? Well, they, they gave basically all the veteran offensive linemen the day off. Uh, and it turned out there were, those were illness-related, apparently not COVID illness-related. But nonetheless, uh, so they had a all-backup offensive line out there uh, in front of Carson Wentz. And, you know, we only were able to watch a little bit of it. Uh, Jalen Rieger watching with a uh, sort of a mini cast on his left wrist. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, a lot of, like you said, almost, uh, you know, Alshon Jeffrey did a little bit uh, when we were out there. Uh, he looked a little better than he did last week to me. Uh, Quez Watkins returned to practice. Uh, I don't know how close, whether he can, you know, they just activated a 21 day window for him. I don't know whether that means that he can, uh, you know, play this week or not. That, that seems pretty quick, but, uh, you know, uh, it's possible, I guess. Um, they, who else is missing here? Uh, I don't have the list in front of me, but, uh, it was uh, – oh, Jack Driscoll was ill also. It makes me wonder if there's something with the offensive line. Uh, again, this is not supposed to be COVID. Uh, Miles Sanders missed yeah. with a glute. Well, he was limited. Miles Sanders, I should say, was limited with a glute. Uh, Avante Maddox, of course, wasn't out there. Uh, Rick Ford. Yeah. Uh, Fletcher Cox, uh, with that abdominal thing, uh, did not uh, participate. So, uh, yeah, it was – oh, wait, J.J. Arthago-Whiteside. How could I forget him? J.J. Arthago-Whiteside yeah. had a calf injury, did not participate. There were like eight or nine did not participate and four or five limiteds. Right, on top of, you know, the guys who, who've been on IR or were just placed yeah. on IR. And uh, let's look at a couple of the position groups and how it may be affected – uh, we mentioned tight end. I mean, I, I think it's pretty self-explanatory there. Richard Rodgers will step yeah. into the, the second spot, but they're just not going to run as much 12 personnel with him in there rather than Dallas Goddard. But the receiver position is is the interesting one. And Deshaun Jackson, he hasn't been practicing much on Wednesday, Wednesday so him not being out there Wednesday isn't uh, time to start really questioning, I think, his availability for Sunday. But you know, clearly the Eagles have tried to, to limit him early in the season because coming off the core muscle injury and the surgery and, and at this stage of his career, you, you don't want him getting soft tissue injuries early in the season. Of course, yeah. he just got one, yep. uh, a hamstring strain. And 
you know, that's, that's a bad, that's a tough injury for a track athlete. And so I don't know. I wonder if Deshaun's going to be able to go. And what what his contribution is going to be this year, if he can't play, you know, even this limited role that they have prescribed for him without getting hurt, you know, it, how, if this is going to be an every two weeks kind of thing, I just don't see, you know, him making a big impact this year. Uh, yeah. Right. And this was, this was everyone's yeah. concern. This was ever, you know, we, we saw this coming. We saw it coming two years ago when yeah. they signed him. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's been, it's been a bad, it was a bad decision by Howie Roseman. Um, and it's just playing out the way a lot of people predicted it to play out. You know, when Deshaun's out there and healthy, yes, he can stretch a field, but that's always been the concern is that can he be out there? So we're looking at, you know, J.J., if he's in there or not, does it really matter? We're looking at John Hightower, Greg Ward. They're, I don't know if they'll have Quest Watkins back. Uh, he was practicing. What's your what's your guess there, well, guys? It's, yeah, I'm not sure if Quest will be back, but I do think it's somewhat, you know, it's – I don't want to overstate the fact that, I mean, this guy – was he? He was a six-round pick, you know. I mean, to think that he's going to come in yeah. and save the wide receiver core is definitely um, maybe a stretch. So, especially coming off of injury. So, yeah, the team has two healthy receivers on the fifty-three-man roster right now, and it's it feels like deja vu almost. You know, it's like yeah, they finished last yeah three three. They have Deontay right, Burnett right. too. I, I, I sorry, yeah. I forgot um, to mention him. So right right now i mean it feels just like last year i mean the the weapons are the same except for uh john hightower and if they get quez watkins back but i mean you're dealing with guys who were on the practice squad and guys who you know are late round draft picks and the people who are supposed to save the wide receiving court are, are not there you know jalen rager is on ir for right now uh marquise goodwin opted out so it's starting to look a lot like last year and the biggest difference is carson wentz doesn't look the same as he did at the end of last year. So, um, right. And, and it's, it's similar also, if I mm-hmm. can jump in not real sure. quick, sorry, EJ, in that it's not like the guys who are hurt were doing much of anything anyway. I mean, Rager looked pretty good for a rookie at the start of the, you know, of his career, but you know, last year when, when Nelson Aguilar, Deshaun and Alshon Jeffrey were missing, it was like, it was kind of almost a good thing that they were replaced by a bunch of no name yeah. guys. And, and the question asked of Carson earlier this week, and I think it was a, it was a valid one was, you know, can you build off of last, late last season when you were down to practice squad players and were able to kind of script an offense that that was wasn't dynamic but was able to kind of scrounge out was able to kind of work out wins and can they do that now and will that actually honestly play into Carson Wentz's knees right now? Script an offense that's conservative and help Carson make easier throws and not place so much pressure on him to have to go out there and win. Yeah. You think that's possible? I, I do. Uh, I wonder if their defense, the end of last year, their defense actually played pretty well. The back seven is so shaky right now that I just wonder if, if that's a winning recipe for them anymore uh, as it was last year. I, they're real good on the defensive line, but they're not real good anywhere else back there except for uh, Darius Slay. And, uh, you know, I, that whole grinded out, you know, win, win by ball possession thing did work, but it didn't work against real good teams. I mean, they weren't playing good teams down the stretch. And I just, they've got a stretch no. of games here no. 
against pretty good teams. And I don't know that they can win this way against any of these teams, really. Right. Well, I mean, the, that's a great segue into the 49ers. Uh, obviously, we want to look ahead to the game and, and uh, delve into tell, delve into San Francisco. The Eagles have to travel uh, for the for at least travel in terms of getting on a plane and flying across the country for the first time. That's going to be something new for them in, in this post-COVID world. But, you know, it's funny. I look at the 49ers, and despite all the injuries that they've had, they're, been, they're, out without, they're without Jimmy Garoppolo, mm-hmm. quarterback. They didn't have George Kittle, their, their top tight end, last week. They, they're out. Nick Bosa is out for the year. Salman Thomas is hurt. Uh, Raheem Mostert uh, is hurt. They still took it pretty they, – they handled the Giants. Now, the Giants aren't much of anything, but they, they whooped them pretty good. And it just reminds me of when you're, when you're a good team and everything's working, you can kind of overcome these injuries. And we saw the Eagles do it certainly in 2017. They had right. some key injuries, and that machine just kept rolling. And that's why I feel like, okay, you're, you're looking at the team without some key players, but they still have a lot, and they still have Kyle Shanahan. They still have his schemes in place that are really going to be real difficult for the Eagles. And, and let's start with – I want to start with their offense, uh, obviously because Kyle is such a – is you know, I hate to use the word genius, but he's certainly one of the great innovators in the mm-hmm. league right now. And, you know, they he doesn't need this – these dynamic receivers, uh, obviously he's got a great tight end in George Kittle, but there may not be a better run scheme in the NFL yep. right now. And, you know, what, how does that match up against the Eagles front, which is, which did a, a, a better job against the run and, and a good running back in Joe Mixon. Well, I think week. that the 49ers <laughs> last week, the one thing that didn't really, you know, live up to their normal standard was the run game. But, I do think that like the way the 49ers run the, their offense, it's, it's so creative in the way that they get wide receivers the ball in situations that would be similar to running backs. You know, like they run those jet sweeps and end arounds and even just screen passes. <clears throat> and they have, they have guys on the outside who, you know, are almost like running backs, you know, guys who are like run after the catch type, type players. So, um, so, yeah, I'll be interested to see how they handle that. And then the other thing is, you know, this is the third week in a row that the Eagles are going to be, you know, matched up against a team that really likes pre-snap motion and, you know, distracting linebackers. And we've seen how it's worked out so far. I think the 49ers do more of it than the Rams or the Bengals do um, as far as pre-snap stuff yeah. goes. So um, if that's any indication, uh, that's probably the, the linebacker, you know, running back, wide receiver, jet sweep stuff is going to be really, uh, really important to watch. Should point out that they'll they'll be without Debo Samuel, their best guy yeah. in terms of you know getting the ball, best receiver and getting the ball in his hands, and and Tevin Coleman um, is on, on yeah. IR as well. Uh, Mostert, I, I don't know, I think he's questionable for Sunday. Uh, they you know they went out and made some moves yeah. at running back, but you know Mostert, it, it's like you know, they can just plug anybody in there and, and they're going to pick up yards because of the, the run schemes. Um, the, yeah. the main well, it, also left. just Nick Mullins has stepped in, and maybe it's the offense, maybe it's the coaching, but he, he's every bit as good as Garoppolo, it looks like to me. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, I don't think you're losing much of anything there. Uh, the way they, they do it, unless you know, you can put a lot of pressure on him or something, I don't know, but uh, you know, it's uh, it's 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 a great scheme and it's uh. After you saw the problems that the Eagles had, particularly with the Rams and these receivers uh, running the ball and so forth, uh, you know, it's really hard to see the Eagles stepping up uh, real 
real effectively in this situation. Yeah, the man in the moment is, is Nate Gary, yeah. I guess, if, you, if we're looking yeah. at it. Because, you know, he's he's got to co- commandeer that that front and get them set right against a, a run scheme, as we mentioned, that is very diverse. Um, and, you know, as we've learned over these last several months with Rich Scangarelli, who worked under Kyle Shanahan coming in, you know, there there is nuance to these to the scheme in which, you know, and certainly in, in the play action, how it marries up with the past, but it's, it's, it's tough to see on film. It's tough to see exactly what they're doing, how they're creating uh, these, all these huge running lanes in their, in their zone blocking schemes. And they have a really good offensive line that they now have Trent Williams, at left tackle, uh, Mike McGlinchey, a local kid went to Penn charter. He's at right tackle. He's a very good. Uh, so they're good in the edges. Ben Garland in the middle is a, is a, is an athletic center. Um, but Nate Gary, getting back to him, it's, it's, you know, he's not a great run guy, he's not uh, big. Yeah. A former safety, and he was supposed to be a good guy in coverage. And that hasn't been the case. He seen, he bites a lot on play action and that's just going to George Kittle may be the best tight end in the league right now. I know he's coming off injury, but if they, if the 49ers can get Kittle matched up against Gary, that is just a glaring and now I, I my assumption is that jim will as much as he can try and get a safety matched up against him i don't even like but that. <laughs> yeah, yeah even that's a tough matchup yeah <laughs> yeah i mean that's a tough matchup as well but you also you're going lighter and then that that makes it easier for them to run the ball i mean that's yeah. right i mean that's just that's going to play into i think their uh their formula for winning yeah i did I, did no, I talk no, about it? I'm wondering if, you, if it's, it's silly to suggest that maybe you put Slay on, uh, with no Debo Samuel, maybe you put Slay on uh, George Kittle. I don't know. That's, uh, that's you know, Jim has done stuff like that. That's an interesting matchup. I mean, certainly a corner. Uh, I guess the thing with Darius is he's not particularly yeah. physical. And Kittle, right. Kittle's a tough, tough dude. He's not like, it's not like Ertz. You can put a corner on Ertz. And get away with it a little bit, I think, rather than Kittle. Okay. But uh, they also have Jordan Reed. Um, you know, despite seventeen c- concussions, um, is still a downfield threat. It's a tough matchup. Uh, you know, I, I do want to point out that you know the defensive front did a really good job. Yeah. I thought this past game. You know, the eight sacks. They really hit Joe mm-hmm. Burrow a lot. So maybe, you know, Nick Mullins can lose it if you put it in his hands. Maybe that's, you know, that's – but to get it put it in his hands, you got to get him in the third yeah. and longs. Uh, defensively, uh, 49ers, again, strong. Um, you know, Nick Bost is a, a huge loss for them, but they still have Eric Armstead. They still no, have D4. D4 they is have, out, they have, actually, isn't he? Is Ford out? Okay, my bad. Well, Ziggy Ansah, I know yeah. they signed him. Um, maybe not what he used to be. But, but, yeah, that's a good defense. I mean, you know, yeah, they're so deep up front. Yeah, they, they've got good. guys coming in and playing well in, uh, in those guys' space, in those spots. And, right, and, again, it's, it's, a lot of it's their scheme. Um, they're, they're tough at linebacker. Former uh, Eagles linebacker runs that group. Um, Jesus, God, why oh, am yeah. I forgetting his uh, name? Uh, Mufasa. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Mufasa. Yeah, who's a lot middle linebacker? D'Amico Ryan. Total... There we go. D'Amico yeah. Ryan. Jesus, Mary, I just spoke to him at the Super Bowl. Did a story on him. 
Um, and then the back end, you got Jimmy Ward's a really good safety. Um, uh, you know, they're without Richard Sherman, so you know, m- maybe not as strong at corners they typically are. But you know, what do you think they have to do here? We talked a little bit about it, but what do you? How do you think they come out here? I mean, Doug talked about tempo and helping Car- Carson to unclutter his mind. I don't think you can do that all game. I don't think he was saying that he has to do it all game. What's your guys' well, feelings think, on tempo? Uh, it usually works when they try it. You're right. They, they, you're running the Chip Kelly offense if you try to run it all game. But I, I do think they can get off to a decent start that way. But it also demands precision. You know, tempo does. Uh, and we haven't seen a lot of that from the Eagles, quite frankly. Uh, with all these, yeah, with two – offensive linemen who haven't played much and and all the inexperience at wide receiver and so forth uh you know it'd be interesting to see them run tempo and and get everybody lined up right in five seconds and you know people block the right yeah. people and so on and so forth uh, i think it would be great if they could get their screen game going again which seems to have just died a horrible death this year teams seem to like before the Eagles even snap the ball, seem to know where it's going on the screens. I don't quite understand why that's happening, but uh, they're certainly not getting them blocked. And, uh, you know, that's that's something I would try to do against this team quite a bit. I would certainly move Carson Wentz. And, uh, you know, it's – we don't really know that the 49ers are just – obviously they were a Super Bowl team last year, but – they lost to the Cardinals in their opener and then they beat the Jets and the Giants. So, you know, I mean, we'll see. Right, I mean, right. I, I certainly am not going to pick the Eagles to win this game, but we don't know, you know, how great the severely injured 49ers are. We figure that they're, they've got their stuff together a lot better than the Eagles do right now, but they're really not. And, you know, with all these people out, they're not, you know, an unstoppable monolith, but uh, the Eagles, if, if Wentz can just get himself, you know, out of the funk and play a normal game, he give, he, he'll give the Eagles a chance to win. And uh, I think that can happen. But, of course, I'm not betting on it, you know, after what we've seen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough. All the things that Wentz has struggled with throughout the beginning of the season, they all seem fixable. You know, it's it's missed opportunities. It's you know, sailing a ball 10 yards over somebody's head. And, you know, there have definitely been some questionable decisions. And I don't know, I just like, I'm waiting for him to snap out of it. And I'm sometimes yeah. I'm, I'm like thinking, all right, well, how long are we going to wait for this guy to snap out of it? But I, I do think he's earned the, the benefit of the doubt that he eventually will, will start hitting those passes again. Um, is this the week? I don't know. I mean, I was, I went into this game thinking, if they pound the rock, if they, you know, make this a Miles Sanders offense and, you know, try and rack up completions for once, they'll be successful. And now Miles Sanders, who had conditioning issues last week, is out with a glute injury. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if it'll be this week, but I do think that there is a, a progression to the mean coming for once. Um, how good it'll be, I'm not sure, but I do think that something has to change. Yeah, I, I agree too. And, um, you know, the concern really has been that we've seen these types of spurts from Carson before, but they've been limited right. to one game, uh, three games never before. And, 
I do agree that they can be fixed, but it's tough on a week to week basis. It's going to have to be kind of a gradual thing for him because right now it's not just that he's missing guys with his arm. He's right. missing them with his eyes too. He's not seeing guys that did a story on us today. It's, I'm, I'm kind of giving a little bit of a plug here, but he's missing guys that have been schemed open. Everyone kind of talks about how the offense isn't helping Carson. And I think to some degree that is true, but there are plays that Doug is calling that are, that are scheming guys open. And there was one early in the game against the Bengals. It was just a, your traditional cover two shell. And, and, you know, there's a route, route combination that had Ertz underneath and Greg Ward down the line. And, and Carson should know that's going to be there. And he just he checked down the Zach. And there was another one on a bootleg where it's designed to go to either Ertz or Hightower. And Ertz takes out this overhead safety. And then, and the, and then Hightower in the, in the low part of the high-low combination is wide open. And he throws down to Greg Ward and at his feet. Uh, there's numerous examples of this over the first three games. And it's just like Carson's in his head. And I just, I can't get a finger, put a finger on what it is exactly. I think it's obviously a combination of several things that we've already mentioned, the injuries, the new faces, the the changes in the coaching staff, the no off season, et cetera, maybe possibly Jalen Hurts being here. Um, I also think, though, that – and I think we've talked about this. I think it's trust in his receivers. I, he mentioned that with Greg Ward uh, yesterday when, when Carson was talking to us, and he mentioned it in a positive way. Of course, he has trust in Greg Ward, who was the Eagles' leading receiver last week. But I, I just – one of the plays you were mentioning, it was Hightower who was open, and he just decided to throw the ball away, you know. And I don't know. Well, that was a sure, – I don't think you saw that one. That was yeah. a short pass. That was like – but I do feel like there, like there was a, a, a shot play designed in overtime that had it was totally set up for Hightower on the deep post. And I think he had a little pressure, but I also feel like, again, he should know that's there and just throw it before the pressure gets there. But he's, you're right. I, I think with Hightower and then with Deontay Burnett, there was a, there was a play where it would, be, it would have been a tight window throw, but he didn't throw it to Burnett on the outside. He's really kind of more of a slot guy. I mean, you know, Look, I mean, the, the facts are that they are injured and they have guys playing he, out of position. And he's and not going to throw it to J.J. under any circumstance whatsoever, which is kind of what we were into last year with both J.J. and uh, Hollins, Matt Collins. You know, they'd put out there and, and Carson would just say, no, nope, no, nope, not going to do that, you know. Right, and right, and teams yeah. know this, and they're just going to double Ertz. I mean, they've been doubling Ertz pretty much all season anyway, but – I mean, who else scares you besides Ertz right now? Sanders yeah. does, but how much does he factor into into the passing game? And they're they're going to find ways, and they did last week. I mean, there was obviously that one play where he got behind the linebacker, and Carson just completely missed him. But they're going to have to find. You know, Greg Ward is is going to be a key guy, I yeah. think, because he can pick up third downs, and he and you and Carson can trust him. I don't know how much he gives you down the field. But you're just going to have to work it up the field with these guys, or at least try to. I know you, you need some shot plays. And you can kind of – you can use Boston Scott a little more creatively than you have so far. So far, Boston Scott has been, you know, hey, we need two yards up the middle. Here's yeah. Boston Scott. That's that's not – if you remember the last season. Well, that goes back to your point, less about – that goes back to your point, less about the screen yeah. game, and that really kind of helped them last year. Boston was yeah. great in the screen game last year, and it does seem like – teams are being tipped off and knowing how to 
yeah. defend them. Yeah. Um, maybe it's situational. Maybe they know situations where the Eagles use screens. I don't know. But it's it's uncanny. Every time they run one, there's like five guys over there, you know, from the other. Yeah. Well, you got to You got to You got to change up every week. You got to change up your, your looks. You got to come out in different. You know, you have to fiddle with with how you look in your formations. And I'm not sure if the Eagles are doing enough of that. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, Lane Johnson, um, um, he didn't come right out and say, yeah, they know that they're coming, but he said that might be the case based off how they're defending them. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. It's like, look, I mean, you know, Chip Kelly always used to say this, you know, football hasn't changed much since, uh, you know, Newt Rockney and Pop Warner. Uh, and, and to some degree that's true, and other degrees is not. But the point being that there's only so many different right. types of plays you can run, and, and I – I think back to the Monday night game between the, the Chiefs and the Ravens and, you know, Andy, we all know the shovel pass for a while there. He kind of, he kind of overused it uh, with the Eagles late in his career, but it's a good play in the red zone because you get, you get defense moving and getting, and you get, you create lanes and he found a new way to do it uh, during one period point in the game. And what he did was he just dressed it up differently. He had, you put a Tyree kill in the backfield. And yeah. certainly that that creates uh, a long, you know a, a red flag for the defense. So they got to be cognizant of him more than maybe perhaps you would a running back, and you key in on him, and that creates and they get a fullback in, right. in, in a different in a not a normal spot. He's not lined up in the eye or something like that, or or ahead of the running back. He's off to the he's kind of split right, and yeah you, ha- you know you have you have the shovel pass which is not even your typical shovel pass a little underhand pass you're just doing right. things differently you, you know you had to tackle Making eligible them different yeah. yeah yeah so it's like you just need to do different things with these plays and sometimes i just feel like the eagles aren't doing that rich gangarello was, was supposed to come in and bring some of that and certainly with the play action game but they haven't been good I mean, ej you pointed this out yeah they the play action game has been pretty bad i think um let me let me pull it up cuz i have it here um, but the numbers have not been good. I yeah, mean, I think it's Carson Wentz is completing like 10% less passes through play action than in conventional dropbacks, which, I mean, you, they spent all offseason talking about how they wanted to marry that up, and that was going to be, you know, I mean, it's the biggest thing in the NFL right now. It's like the new fad, and the fact that that hasn't worked is one of like the biggest, I think it's one of the biggest issues with their offense is that that was something that they thought was really going to be, you know, the new thing for their offense was, you know, these – these, you know, seven man fronts, play action pass, the play action passing game that, you know, the 49ers are pretty good at. And um, mm-hmm. it just hasn't worked. Well, well, Shanahan, with, with play action, I always think, uh, I don't know what the analytics, I, I know they think play action works regardless. But yes, when the Eagles do play action, you're never fooled. You're not watching the running back thinking, oh, he has the ball. <laughs> you know, I mean, usually the running back is like a yard away and it's like a double play at second base where Carson kind of waves the ball at him or something, you know, and then drops back. I mean, they don't really sell it. I don't think, but maybe that's a well, well, yeah, the analytics are that, you, you know, everyone says, well, you have to establish the run before you can get play action to work. And that's actually the analytics don't support that notion right. at all. It doesn't really right. even matter. Um, it's just, it is a way just to hold the linebackers. That's all you need is to hold them when you are faking the handoff. Um, but when it's obvious that you're faking the handoff, I don't know how much the linebackers are really surprised yeah. there. But Well, in the, uh, yeah, I mean, I, RPOs don't count as play action, but you're, you're holding the ball longer there. Yeah. Um, 
uh, we, Kyle Shanahan, during the conference call we had with him, was asked about, you know, is he worried with Scangarello kind of giving away his playbook to the Eagles? He's like, well, you know, it's out there anyway. And everyone, you know, there's other people who have who've worked in my system. They know this, that, or the other thing. I mean, he kind of downplayed it because, remember, Scangarello is like, well, there's so much nuance, only, you know, only certain guys know it. And yeah. I don't think Kyle's particularly worried about that. Um, well, we saw how that worked with Nickel Roby Coleman. He was going to tell <laughs> everybody all about the Rams, you know, and how'd that go? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, he's he, he was demoted. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's essentially what happened. He's no longer the uh, the, the slot. I mean, he got in there in some dime situations, but they went with Cravon LeBlanc. I mean, Jim was saying uh, this was situational, but I don't know. I, I think Cravon did a much better job. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He's a much better player. Right, and that was supposed to be one of the, you know, Howie's glamorous <laughs> signings of the offseason, and, you know, has that played out? Right. Um, guys, anything else you want to chime in about before the game I haven't hit on? Uh, a little past 30 minutes now, but... Well, uh, yeah, we just found out before doing this that the Steelers will not be playing this week. They are next week's uh, right. opponent, and it's a little early to be thinking about that, but... Already a daunting uh, task playing the Steelers in Pittsburgh, uh, one of the top AFC teams, uh, unbeaten, and uh, they're not—they're going to be unbeaten when they face the Eagles because they're getting a bye week after all of the COVID positive yeah. COVID tests in Tennessee. Um, there was a lot of talk of playing the game Monday or Tuesday. That is not going to happen, and uh, the Eagles now face a really, uh, really tough task. Uh, as the Steelers have plenty of time to heal up from whatever injuries they have. And, uh, you know, unless they spend the week uh, eating donuts or something, I think uh, <laughs> that's going to work to their advantage pretty, pretty uh, tellingly. Yeah. And especially the Eagles coming back from the West coast, it kind of kills the day for you. Uh, I know they, they hop on the red, the red eye and, and get back, but usually Mondays are kind of dead anyway, but I mean, that, that certainly affects you. For, for a day or two, and um, you know, that's, that's going to be a tough turn for them, especially going against a team that's rested. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out with other teams and uh, whether it happens again. This, you know, so, I, I, you know, I don't know. You know, fans, I don't think, should be crying foul because it's not going to be just them. Yeah. Um, you know, it could be them. It could be they could get it themselves. We don't really even know. Right. Uh, okay, let's do picks before we go. Uh, Lester, who do you got? Oh, you, said, you said you're picking the yeah the 49ers. You know, I am picking the 49ers. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if the Eagles won this game just because, like I said, we know the 49ers were in the Super Bowl last year. We don't really know what the 2020 49ers are, up, are all about. They've beaten the Jets and the Giants, and they've overcome a lot of injuries in doing that. But they lost to the Cardinals, and uh, – I don't know. I, I think they're going to score points against the Eagles, and I think the Eagles are going to have a harder time scoring points against them. So I'm going to go 49ers, I don't know, 24 to something, 24 to 17, 24 to 20, somewhere in that range. EJ? Um, I haven't thought about the score too much yet, but I, I'm definitely going 49ers by somewhere between a touchdown and a field goal, probably a touchdown. Um so that's sort of what Les said. You know, it's just I picked the I've picked the Eagles enough this year and yeah. you know, not really believed in it. <laughs> so I'll go the other way and who knows, I'll probably, you know, eat these words. But um but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the 49ers. I just think that 
even though they haven't played great teams, they've they've done they've looked better in their games against bad teams than the oh, yeah. have, obviously. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And you know, I think that I just think like what you said earlier, Jeff, about the fact that this is a good team and these teams like this figure out how to compensate for what they lost. You know, um, I feel like they've shown enough in the last couple of weeks to make it seem like they're at least far and away better than the Bengals. So, uh, so yeah, I'll probably go 49ers by a touchdown. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking for Niners. Uh, I think they'll cover. Uh, I think it's six, six and a half right now. I think they'll cover uh, maybe a 10 point win. Um, no, I mean, the Eagles can win. I think Jim is smart enough to to counter Kyle um, with a, ga- a game plan. I mean, sometimes he hasn't been been good enough. But if you recall in 2017, you know, no one was thinking, no one was calling Kyle Shanahan a genius when the Eagles beat them by like what, 40? Right. Um, now that team was much different than the than the team we see now in both cases for both teams. Um, yeah. It's they've kind of almost flipped uh, flipped roles yeah. here. Yeah. Um, but I just I, the fact that George Kittle's back, I think that's going to be a huge matchup problem for the Eagles, and and I think they're going to find ways to to not have to offset that pass rush, uh, the aggressive pass rush with they're very good at the, at their screen their screen game you know the Eagles are going more man uh and I think they're gonna have to stick with more man with Darius because you got to play to his strengths but that that hurts that hurts a lot of the other guys and that also creates opportunities in the screen game yeah um, so I just feel like the 49ers are gonna are gonna put up a fair number of points and and I just don't know if the Eagles have enough with all the injuries to to, to outscore them so I'll go I mean look again I'm, I'm not good at picking games I've, I've always said that um I'm not a prognosticator i'm a reporter but i i feel like this is the one i i may finally get right <laughs> <laughs> all right guys well thanks uh thanks for joining us uh everyone at home uh or wherever you're listening to our podcast thank you for joining us uh please read all of our stories on inquire.com we got lots of content good stories uh heading into sunday's matchup against the 49ers and if you want to sign up for the early birds newsletter you can do that uh, at inquire.com as well. Uh, you know, extra content that uh, you get in your mailbag every morning with links to all of our stories, easy access to, to find. You don't have to kind of go to the inquire.com website and um, wade your way through uh, various clicks, this, that, or any other thing. You get it right in your mailbox and uh, all Eagles only content. Well, thanks for joining the Bird's Eye View podcast, and we'll talk to you next week. Already. Yes, indeed.